0: was born into the kingdom
1: To the program. This is Caribbean Internet News Talk Radio, and on the line with me live right now is Joe Ray Perkins. and You can talk to her right now with your questions by calling us at 646 721 9887 and on her Facebook page and on our Facebook page. Joe Ray, how you doing?
0: I am excellent. Robin, how are you today?
1: I'm well, it's Friday, it's sunny, and Got an exciting weekend, and we're coming up onto the voting season, which uh, what May fifteenth, I believe we have to
0: catch Yeah.
1: So, uh, Joe, Joe Ray, I'll let you uh, start off with uh, uh, tell us what's going on.
0: Well, it has been busy, busy, busy. um, Talking to lots of voters. We're working on getting the cooking message out and. It's been it's been successful. Uh, just about every place that I've gone, the events that we're at, it's a you've got my vote, Joe Ray. So that is just absolutely awesome. I love it. It's um it's it's great because my minute to win it. Hello, Miss Gina King. Gina is uh, my new friend from the Grants Pass area. So she's live on Facebook right now watching me. She
1: said hello. And this is on your your personal Facebook page right now where people yeah. can also yeah. see you. And also send you comments and questions, and uh, yep. and they want to talk to you live. 646-721-9887. So we got you for the next hour, so people, feel free to call in. Or yeah. text your que- question to uh, Joe Ray directly. directly. Ah. Hmm. I'm a professional. <laughs>
0: Don't try this at home children, <laughs> I'm uh, <without> adult supervision.
1: Alright, <laughs> this is your second time for
0: uh, for the one, House of Representatives.
1: Are you finding that uh, I mean your numbers are pretty awesome the last time especially compared to what you spent on the campaign but are you finding that you're more well known now?
0: I'm finding that I'm more definitely more well known now I ran for as you know Robin the US Senate which is when you and I met In the uh, 2014 primary, and so you and I hooked up then. And um, so uh, it's 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 a learning curve every single time that I go through this. And uh, so more and more people are getting to know me. Of course, we're in the voter's guide, and everybody should have their voter guide by now. And um, they're ballots.
1: And people are
0: doing research and finding me on Facebook and finding me on the Internet and Ballotpedia and the radio.
1: She's all over the place. (laughs)
0: She's everywhere. I've been everywhere, man.
1: (laughs) That background noise is she's multitasking.
0: I, I am multitasking. I had to get up and close the office doors. In my in my house, I've got this beautiful office in my home, and uh, you know, I, I, Robin, you know, and people that are watching me on Facebook know that I do a lot of live videos when I'm driving. Right. And they think that, that it's distracted driving. I am so much less distracted when I'm behind the wheel of the car than I am in my office because I'm looking at my office and I'm going, okay, that doesn't go there, that doesn't go there, this needs to get over here. Oh, I got to get these cards written up over here. It's actually relaxing to do a live video from my car. They just well, and don't, it, they don't, they don't get it. Oh my God, you're going to get in a wreck! No, because I'm watching the road. <laughs> but I'm a renegade sometimes. Yeah, said, and I you say? are working
1: hands-free while you're driving, so you're doing it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I've got the uh, phone on the holder and the Bluetooth in the ear, so so it works out really good. Gina has a question. She wants to know my views on immigration. Hello, Tina. Um, so my views on immigration, come here legally. Build the wall. Keep illegal people out. Now, that's, that's, the, that's the tongue-in-cheek response, right? That's, hey, That's what most sane people want. But I think Gina's question is, what about those that are not here legally? And then we have those that are trying to get citizenship. So it's a multi-pronged problem. So if I may, while we're waiting for people to call in on that phone number, which is, what's that number, Robin?
1: 646-721-9887. Once again, that's 646-721-9887. You can also listen to the program While we're live, and if you decide to uh, join in, just go ahead and press 1, and it comes up on my board, and I'll take your first name and put you in the queue, and you can talk to Joe Ray live. Perfect. So,
0: there's the, oh my gosh, you want to give them a pathway to citizenship. There's kick them all out. Um, There's all kinds of views on this. And I'm somewhere I'm actually yeah, and I'm not a middle of the road person, but the answer is somewhere in the middle between opening up and letting everybody stay and not. And I on my website it's Perkins for US you can go on and see the paper that I wrote on this, and this is the gist of it. If for those for those people, they're called DACA, right? The ones that they were brought here illegally by their parents, for the majority of those now young adults. The majority of them are young adults. This is their home country. This is what they identify with. I propose that we pass legislation, we pass a bill that gives them an opportunity to become U.S. citizens. You cannot legally hold them responsible for the sins of their parents. So this is the parameters. Number one, no criminal convictions whatsoever. They need to been obeying the laws. So that's the first thing. If they're criminal, I'm sorry, but there's got to be some really good reasons why we would want to keep you in our country. Um, and And you have to prove that you've been here by a certain date and and I and I honestly I'm trying to remember the date that I put on my paper. I have to look it up. Um, sorry, guys, there's so much stuff that goes on in my head. And sometimes I write things down, it's done, it's written, and then I move, make room for the next thing that comes along. Um, so this is my proposal. They have, so we passed a law, they've got 60, maybe 90 days to complete paperwork. This says they fully intend on becoming a U.S. citizen. And here's their information. And again, here's the things to prove that they've been here. It could be school records so that we can, can verify that, yes, they have been here. We can do background checks, make sure of that. Nope, there's no criminal record outside of being here illegally. I would then give them a maximum of six years to become U.S. citizens so that they can be here legally. Now, in that time frame, they get no federal benefits whatsoever. They cannot get welfare. They cannot get housing assistance. Nothing. Now, at the state level, if the states want to provide or private organizations, that's a different story. But for the federal level, nothing. No student loans. And I know that part sounds really harsh, but we can't just say yes. We're going to just not make you work for anything. No. You, there's there's got to be some work we have to do. Now, I also will propose that the process be simplified, and, I, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment. And then I also believe that they should have a payment system set up so that the current $725 fee, they can start making payments into an account in their name so that that money is there and they're not having to worry about coming up with the money all at one time. And they have to come U.S. citizens within six years. If they do not, the only two exceptions are going to be because they are deathly ill and it was an impossibility for them to to complete their citizenship requirements or they join the military, and no, because they join our military, they do not get automatic citizenship. Not, in, not in my view. Um, again, that could be a, a case-by-case basis um, for for that. If they did not complete the citizenship requirements, they're subject to deportation, and so they have to be prepared for that. We don't want them to have to be living, in, you know, behind the shadows. I don't want people to be afraid. But we also a lot of people have been trying to get here legally. So, so it's how do we balance these roughly 12 million, or how we don't even know how many people are out there. We we don't know the number. But now we've got their parents. Now their parents are identified. We know who they are. They're going to have to make some choices. Do they self-deport and apply for re-entry so that they can come back in and be here legally? Um, and if they do that, they have to take their minor children with them and bring them back. Now, in, on, the, on the my website, please read the white paper because they go into a lot more detail on these things. Then they can apply, but they have to meet certain criteria, very similar to immigrating to the United States now. They have to prove that they've got the financial resources or they've got a sponsor. So in this case, many of them have jobs and they're working underneath somebody else's social security number. So they're going to have to show that, that this is um, their job. And so there's going to have to be an affidavit from the employer. They would get their own um, taxpayer identification number, it would not be a typical social security number. And again, they've got that same six years to apply for citizenship. Any children born here on U.S. soil while they were here illegally and until they become citizens are not automatically citizenship. We need to end the anchor baby idea. Gone, done, not us. Same with the DACA. The DACA population, sorry, you have a baby here, you're not a U.S. citizen, that baby is a citizen of your birth country or of your father's citizenship. So, um, okay guys, hold on, because I've got a grandson calling me and so I'm gonna grab the call. Austin, you gotta call Poppy. Autzen, call Poppy, okay, I'm on the radio. Okay, bye. Okay, sorry about that guys, but. Got to, got to take, care, well, of, uh, live got to take right. care of grandkids. That's live radio. And that's how we roll sometimes, right? Let's see here. Don't need to see that. Flip this around. Go back over here because it also shut off my uh, periscope. Okay. Flip around. There we go, I think. Okay. So, technology today. If they don't self deport and they can end, end. Immigration decides that they can stay here, their children can no longer be, can never become U.S. citizens. So I want a hook. I want a reason for them to have to leave. And again, I've got the whole thing written out on my, on my website, PerkinsforUSRep.com. Go to the issues page. Go to immigration. The white paper is there. Now, here's another problem with immigration. One of my friends, she lives down in um, Curry County, down in Brookings. She has been married to a US citizen for years. She is here legally with her green card. They had to get remarried to prove to immigration that they were married. They had to hire an attorney because the paperwork is so confusing. There it's a racket. There is no reason whatsoever for that. So they're having to save up the money for attorneys, then they have to save up the money for the filing fee. And I'm going, this is dumb. We need to end this kind of practices where where people have to get an attorney to go through paperwork. It should be very simple. They create problems to create jobs. And that's part of the big problem that we have with our, with our federal government. So um, those are just some of my views on immigration. Again, we want people to come here that are legal. I I am in in 100% agreement with President Trump on this chain migration that goes so so far away from your immediate family that needs to end. On the HB1 visas, we need to encourage businesses and the education system, i.e. the universities, to look for U.S. citizens first. When I worked at Oregon State University, they have this mantra that they have to be diversified. And so they were looking internationally, and the cost to bring these international prospective employees in is outrageous. They're flying them in from out of the country. They're, of course, they're putting them up for the hotel. Um, it's just ridiculous. If we don't have the talent to fit the bill in the United States already, then it would make sense to search outside of our borders. But to be looking, oh, we have to look outside. It can't be a white male, oh my God, being white and a male in the United States is a disease, and so we're not going to look at you. That's total reverse discrimination. Um, it's getting to the point where if you're a white female, you're going to be dis- discriminated on. No, forget their gender, forget their ethnicity, forget their race. If they're here as U.S. citizens and they meet the requirements, look at them to be hired in your company or at the university. So. Um, that's my views on immigration. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.
1: You make a very good point, especially if somebody is really taking the effort to become legal. Um, it should be a lot easier for them, or at least uh, not as difficult.
0: Yeah, it, it's um, it is crazy. I encourage people to go look at the INS website. It's like looking at schematics from a vegetable building for a 100-story building. It's, it's ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. It's drawn up again to benefit the attorneys, and I think that's wrong. Another issue that we have here, very hot topic, especially for Orgonians, is um, guns and our Second Amendment being, being at risk. I know I tried to do this the other day. We'll see if I can pull it out while I'm doing this live on Facebook. And I meant to do this earlier, but my life is always crazy. It's always on the go. So in Oregon, there is um, Initiative Petition 43 and 44. Under IP 44, which has got its ballot title, you must have your firearm locked up at all times, separate from the from the ammunition, Um, If you're going to be transporting it, if you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be doing that, it's just absolutely insane. You talk about the nanny state. I thought people having to sit that you're talking on your cell phone and not looking at your phone while you're driving was ridiculous. Now, what are they going to do? Come into your homes and double check everything? This is is just insanity. IP43, which is what we're calling the gun grab bill, it's... um, not laws. Virtually every firearm, if it's classified as assaulters or semi semi-automatic weapon, um, it's just ridiculous what they're what they're doing with that. Now, let me tell you where those two bills are at. They have gotten what we call the sponsorship signatures. The sponsorship signatures they had to um, get at least a thousand signatures validated. Then it goes off to the Secretary, excuse me, off to the Attorney General's office for a ballot title. Then it goes back to the Secretary of State's office, and both bills are now in their 10 business day commentary window. You can go online to the Secretary of State's website, oregonvotes.gov, and look up the petition. They've got until May 5th to file complaints. Why the ballot title? Not not the not the verbiage in the bill, but the ballot title. Why that is not constitutional? To to appeal that, um, the elections division will then take a look to see if there's any merit in any of those, and it then goes back to the attorney general's office. Here's the bottom line, on IP 43, the sin is that that organization can begin their mass signature gathering. Of 88,184 signatures, all validated. That's what they have to have met. Validated. As soon as things start, that gathering of signatures is the 25th of May. They have to have them turned in on July the 6th. That's over 2,000 a day that they're going to have to collect. IP 44 is behind that one. That's going to be out closer to June first. I just don't think they're going to get it. Um, Now, there's been discussion on the Second Amendment. Most people, Robin, go to the Federalist Papers. They don't go to the Anti-Federalist Papers, which is interesting. It was the Anti-Federalists that got us the Bill of Rights, not the Federalists. The Anti-Federalists. And this is what they said, that the people have a right to bear arms, for the, for the defense of themselves and their own state or the United States, or for the purpose of killing game, And no law shall be passed for disarming the people or any of them unless for crimes committed or real danger of public injury from individuals and as standing armies in the time of peace are dangerous to... Um, Sorry, my eyes just went out of focus. And as standing, standing armies in a time of peace are dangerous to liberty, they ought not to be kept up, and that the military shall be kept under strict subordination to and be governed by the civil powers. Now, that sounds really kind of convoluted to that last sentence. That's why I kind of stopped and had to go back to look at that again with my eyes as they were going out of focus on me. Um, it goes on and says the inhabitants of the several states shall have liberty to fowl and hunt in seasonable times on the lands they hold and on all other lands of the United States, not enclosed, and in like manner to fish in all navigable waters and others not private property without being restrained therein by any laws be passed by legislature of the United States. So they, the anti they're going through and they're laying out. These are laws that we have to have. So let's go back to the guns because they're they're addressing this, that the people have a right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and their own state or the United States or for the purpose of killing game and no no law shall be passed for disarming the people or disarming any of them unless for crimes committed or real danger of public injury from individuals. That's what the anti believed, the right of firearms. And of course they all had firearms for military use. Guess what? They were the same as firearms. So when people are saying, well you shouldn't have military-style firearms, they don't know what they're talking about. Now, what are we going to do to fix this problem? I, one day, a month ago, just about now, wrote up a idea for a petition initiative. And in that initiative, and I'm gonna look it up and see if I can find it here real fast, what I said was that we need to come up with a way to um, counterattack this um, bill that's out there. So that's what I started working on was a counterattack measure. And then, I contacted a trusted colleague of mine, and I said, I just did it to myself. Actually, I said, boy, I did it this time. So, counterattack at every level. I suggest a counter petition that would negate IP 43, and this is what I put in my draft. No laws shall be passed with regards to the style or type of firearm any legal person in the state of Oregon may legally own, nor shall the size of the magazine nor the type of grip be banned in the state of Oregon, nor any attachments including sound suppression, nor any parts to make firearms, nor shall any person be compelled to register or surrender their firearms, nor shall any person in lawful possession of large capacity magazines be required to register, or surrender them, nor shall any attachments which are approved by the ATF be banned or registration thereof be required. In consideration of the requirement, every elected or appointed official in the State of Oregon be required to take an oath or affirm they will uphold and protect both the U.S. and Oregon Constitution. The passage of this measure is in full agreement with the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment to the Bill of Rights, a well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And Article One, Section 27 of the Oregon Constitution states, The people shall have the right to bear arms for the defense of themselves and the state, but the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil power. And that phrase is in the Anti-Federalist Papers that the military shall be kept in strict subordination to the civil powers. It's actually out of any federal. Now that is what I proposed. I sent this out to my friend. He said, great, it has to be a constitutional amendment and that is where it is at. So they are fine tuning it, it's taking time, but we're not rushing into this and it will be um, ready to go in the very near future and it'll be for a constitutional amendment that the voters are going to get to vote on in November 2020, and I am absolutely confident we're not going to have any problems getting those signatures. We're going to have two years to get it done, to get enough signatures, so we'll be able to to get that done. We could not mathematically a month ago when we when we started this, there just was not enough time to make it happen, to get it on the ballot for this November. It just was not going to, just was not going to happen. So um, it is going to be stronger than what I stated here. And I thought that what I had was pretty strong. So for people that want to be kept up on that um, information and get the updates of where we're at, the email address is long. But here we go. Are you ready, Robin? I am ready. Counter attack IP43. I as an initiative, P as in petition, counterattack IP 43 at Perkins, the number for Oregon.com.
1: All right, so counterattack IP 43 at Perkins for Oregon.com, and we can also post that on our Caribbean website as well. Excellent.
0: And so, so, for anybody out there that wants to be kept in the loop that you haven't already signed sent me an email, um, that's where I'm sending the the updates from. I don't have time to go on to all of the Second Amendment Facebook pages. It would take more than twelve hours a day to do all of that. Just to, I, I'm linked into so many groups, and my social media person, he doesn't have time to go through all of those. and and scour all of that information. So we're asking people to please um, send an email when we're ready to launch this. You guys are going to know and it's going to be a big deal. Now what I don't know yet and I'm waiting to find out will I be a a co-chief petitioner on this measure or not? If I am, great. If I'm not, it's not a big deal. I'm running for Congress and I'm going to win the primary. But I feel so passionately about making sure that not only the citizens in Oregon 4th Congressional District where I am running, but also all of the citizens in Oregon that our rights are protected, and we want that baby so sealed and so airtight, there's zero wiggle room for that, for somebody to come in and, and um, distort it, which often happens.
1: Absolutely. The consequences of somebody taking away your guns or gun control, again, like, you know, if you look at history, what it's done for Hitler and others, and yes, you can mm-hmm. an emotion, but in the long run, it's actually a. Exactly. Kudos to you for um, helping you put this together.
0: Yeah, and I, and I want people to know also that when I did this, I didn't do it because I'm running for the U.S. House of Representatives. I did it because I'm an American, and. I'm standing up for our Constitution. Not only the US Constitution, but the Oregon Constitution. And that's why I did this. And I, and this is one of the things that, that, Robin, I bring to the table. I went to a meeting a month ago, and, and I saw the young man's passion, but there wasn't quite a solid plan of action behind alerting people that this is what the gun grabbers are doing and so when i went on to the page the next night and i saw everybody really upset that's when i came up with this and i just started typing away and that's what i came up with um again because it's important and so what what i'm bringing to the table is i'm able to see a solution out of what looks like chaos it's it's something that comes to me naturally i'm always surprised when it happens because i I can see it it's like the solution is so simple but we're making it so difficult and that's what i that's what i'm bringing to washington dc back to that immigration problem i can see the solution all i have to do is sit there look through that website and i can see the solution social security disability people that are in social security disability or trying to get there there's a well there was a, a Law or a rule that was passed, but in but before you, if you want to get your Social Security disability, you had to hire an attorney, and that is, and it would take upwards of three years. And when they finally paid you your your back disability, and keep in mind you have already submitted to them all the documentation that they require, but they keep telling you no. So then you have to hire an attorney who submits the same documentation, and then they say yes. And that attorney was getting one third of your back social security disability income. Oh, wow. Talk about another racket. It's another racket. There's people that go through financial hardship. They're filing bankruptcy. They've lost their job. They can't pay their bills. They're sinking. They have to hire an attorney. Now, wait a minute. Let's think about this. You're struggling to make ends meet. You've lost your source of income for whatever reasons. It could be the economy. It could be illness. It doesn't matter. It happens. And now you're going to exercise your legal right to bankruptcy, which, by the way, is constitutional also. But you've got to hire an attorney so that you don't mess up the paperwork and have your petition for bankruptcy and relief from debt thrown out. Another racket. And this is not against attorneys. They're taking advantage of a system that is not set up to help we the people. And that's what we need is mainstream common sense people in Washington, D.C. who don't have a problem pushing back against the establishment.
1: Well, speaking of, if you don't mind, a tough question. Um, I, I asked you this last time you were running, and I'm assuming your views are still the same. Is that once you get elected, one of the biggest complaints that people have is how out of touch or how hard it is to get a hold of our representative? And I'm, I'm assuming you're still going to like come on programs like this and others, and uh, so so people can directly ask you questions.
0: Absolutely, I think anytime an elected official wants to make sure that everything is screened before they answer the question is trying to hide something. You need to be willing to say, I don't have that information, but we're gonna get it to you. And have their their, um, staff members write it down, make sure they get the contact information of the people, and we get it back to them right away. My cell phone number is published. I've had that cell phone number for years. I By the way, I'm the only one of the five congressional candidates for the fourth congressional district that put their personal cell phone number in the voter guide. That's how accessible I am, Robin. And people have called me. They have questions. Call me. Don't assume. Don't listen to rumors. Pick up the phone and call. It's, it's so simple. And I want people to still feel that when I'm in Washington, DC, that I'm still accessible. And I'm going to make sure that I'm accessible. Now, of course, if I'm in meetings, we're in session, there I can't always answer the phone. But I guarantee you, I will get back to everybody that I can get back to. And there's going to be times when I'm going to say, I'm going to have this staff member is going to follow up with you. This is their their area that that they work on. They're they're doing research or. Whatever the issue is, I'm going to make sure that they get all the details so that we make sure that it's looked at. Um, But this is my suggestion. When you call or contact an elected official with a a problem, let them know what you've already done and what solutions that you see. That will save so much time because they don't always have the, the staff or the time to go out and do all the research. And I'll give you a great example. A few weeks ago, I um, stopped at, in Brownsville on the way home from going down to a uh, meeting down in Coquille. And a friend of mine was there with his um, uh, ham radio group. And they were sharing with me a problem that they were having. They go, What do we do? And I said, You contact the Lynn County Commissioners, but you tell them what you've already done. What, what? The issue is because they're, they're losing their relay site for their ham radio um, antennas. Tell them what was going on, what has happened, what you see as the solution, and what steps you've already taken. Then they can take it from there and go, okay, this is what needs to be done, and they can, can start making those connections and making sure that, that things get get done. That way they're not having to start from scratch. So when you do get a hold of your, of your elected officials if you've got that type of information, you've done some legwork, please share it with them. Don't make them go out there and do the legwork for them because there's a million different things coming at them from lots and lots of people.
1: Well, that's true, and it also shows that you've given some thought to the problem. And sometimes you'd be amazed that some people actually have a good solution.
0: hmm Yep. And it's, uh, I remember years ago when my daughter was on dance team. And it was uh, the first year that she was on the dance team and we were up at the state um, competition. And this was a large dance team, 50 students on the dance team. And when um, the parents got there with the the girl and the guy, um, they realized that their prep space was half the size of what it had been in the past. And the parents, the parents, these parents were just, they didn't know what to do. And I took one look and I looked around and I said, oh, well, if you just take these tables and you put them in this configuration, it'll work. And when the parents looked at me and said, Joe, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, okay. And I walked off. Came back 15 minutes later and guess what they did? Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I said. And I was chuckling to myself and going, I didn't know what I was talking about. But yet... Through that chaos, I could see the order of a simple way to make it work. And it flowed beautifully. Now, I don't always do that, but it happens more often than not, where, again, I can see the solution to a problem, and they are normally so easy. But what happens is, and and I'm pretty sure that I understand what happened, because it's it's happened to me um, when I had um, our campaign office, I had my own financial planning business, and we had rented a campaign office space. And my lease was up on my um, for my business, and so I was paying, uh, covering some of the some of the, the lease space for our campaign office. Well, I had all the furniture, and so I had it beautifully fixed up with this great furniture that I had. Well, two years later, I closed my business. I don't have all that furniture anymore, and I walk into the space, and my brain stops and goes, this isn't right, because in my mind, I knew what it should look like because I remembered what it looked like two years before. So I understood where those moms were coming from because they had in their mind what they'd had in the past and I didn't. And so that's why bringing those solutions forward helps because we may not, we, we, we can't see what you see or we've not had that experience and maybe you, you're seeing a solution that it would take us quite a while to get to. But I totally understood what was going on with his mom, because like I said, it took me it took me probably a good 15 minutes to stand there and go, okay, we don't have that furniture anymore that we had before, so it's going to look different. And I only made one suggestion for a change, because I like open office spaces. I don't like barriers when you go to offices. But bring um, solutions, and that's what we need in Washington, D.C., is the common sense people that are out there. So on Facebook, if or um, I don't know on, um, let's see here, share live. I might not have been going live. That's really interesting, share live on Twitter. See, this is all new, tweet. This Periscope thing is all new to me on, on how to do that, so I don't even know how it's done. Um, swipe down to do double tap, go up here, broadcast details, okay, fine. Total. Um, oh, there is somebody viewing. Maybe it's somebody besides me. And I don't know. <laughs> and more viewers. Um, I don't know how to look for comments on Periscope. So um, this is a whole new thing for me. And my social media um, person will be. Oops, I don't want to stop that. Will be helping me navigate through all this stuff. But um, he's not here with me today because he's taking care of his little guy who got hurt at school yesterday. So.
1: And even if you uh, don't have the opportunity to do it live, you can always send a text or email or comment on Facebook to Joe Ray after the program.
0: You can. And if you don't hear from me, send me something on Messenger. I do see those messages. Um, I don't get back to scroll again through, because I, I post probably way too much on Facebook, and I just don't get a chance to see all of that information that people put it there. And uh, the other day, I was telling you that I had posted on Facebook to ask a question. If you could ask a question of an elected, or of a candidate, what would you ask? And um, somebody had posed questions. Well, they were frustrated because I hadn't gotten back to them. I wasn't around, I was out campaigning. So, um, well,
1: speaking of questions in your travel, most often questions and comments that people are making to you.
0: Well, where you at um the the two biggest ones are immigration and guns. those those are the, the two biggest questions that that come up by far that that is huge to them, and um, ugh, huge to me. I understand it. The other questions that have been coming up, have been um, marijuana. Where am I at on marijuana? And my response is very simple. I believe that it is a state issue, not a federal issue, with the exception of transporting a legal substance across state lines to a state where it is not legal. Or if that other state, maybe both states are legal, maybe that other state has a, has a a law against transporting from another state. Marijuana. And, but now that's a state issue, but that's, but this is where the federal government comes in, is, is, is interstate, not intrastate. Now, I... Personally, like my brain cells intact, I personally, um, I personally um, don't think people should get high. I used to be a hippie. Yeah, I grew I grew up in the '70s, so I know what it's like to be to be stunned and I, and I know what it does to people. And people are much more likely to experiment with other drugs that could not be good for them. And um, for some people, marijuana makes them a lot. Some people get very angry on it, and it is addictive. In fact, the, the THC content is um, 10 times higher than it was in the 70s. It used to be 2 to 3% content. Now it's over 20% content of the THC. And so I'm very concerned about that and and the incidences of people driving while under the influence has definitely risen more kids are are, because the ease of access through their parents are are smoking weed and there's been evidence that it has stunted um certain developmental things in the brain so that's the other question again i believe that it is a state issue and then it is a county issue and then it is a city issue so in oregon it was passed and in our initiative it was left to the counties and the cities to make a decision of what to do regarding marijuana. And I think that is perfectly legitimate to do. All right, um, be- there's a question. Gina, I have another question. Okay. Am I comfortable with President Trump's agenda? It seems like you are. Seymour. <laughs> Who's Seymour? <C-more? laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Oh. It's funny because I'm I'm doing the live stream on my iPad. I've got my laptop in front of me. My cell phone is doing the um, uh, the Periscope, and then I can look on my lap. Then I can look on my laptop at the same time. Okay, so um, Seymour says it seems like you are comfortable with President Trump's agenda, but she would like to hear about it. I am absolutely comfortable with President Trump's agenda to make America great again. There is no question there. And he's doing the right thing. If you think about it, he is rightfully saying for him as President of the United States, he has to put our interests first. Corporations put their interests first. They're in it for the betterment of their firm. Why would we expect for our elected officials Agree on treaties and other other um, legislative action that puts Americans in a disadvantage. Why would we do that? That makes zero sense whatsoever for us to do that. So um, I absolutely am in favor of what President Trump is doing. There's those people who oh he called he called Kim Jong Un little rocket man. Well, I have a feeling that he actually Kim Jong Un. I think he liked it. That's just my personal opinion, I think he, he got a kick out of it, and, and people oh you, 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 can't, you can't expect him to get along, and, and people, if he's going to do this kind of stuff, well, gosh golly gee whiz people, when was the last time that North Korea fired a missile? It was in November, and look who's coming to the table.
1: North and South Korea held hands, stepped over their little wall, and they've never what done that
0: before. What a miracle of miracles! Those people are going to be freed.
1: You remember the movie Walking Tall?
0: I do not remember that movie.
1: Now, basically, it's the I think he's a long that carried a big stick. Uh huh county in order while President Trump is carrying the big stick and knowing how to deal with the bullies.
0: And that's it. And people say, well, he's a bully. Well, he's given them a little bit of their own medicine, and and people need to understand that that's what's going on. He is draining the swamp. I posted last week, and it would take me a long time to find it now on, on my Facebook page, all of the people in the FBI that are no longer there. Wonderful. And there's a lot of bad actors. And when I'm saying actors, we're talking about people. Um, So there's bad actors in government, in all levels, in different countries. And so we had people that were somehow compromised by yes, the deep state. And willing to sell out our country. I I cannot understand that. How could you do such a thing? How could you sell out your birthright? It, it makes no sense to me for for people to do that and and to be willing to cause.
1: Well, that gets uh, back to how many people become millionaires and are actually self-serving when they go into office.
0: Right, and it's frustrating. To see that, that that they come up with these bills that are going to benefit them, and suddenly they have stock in this company, or maybe they were buying, getting ready, maybe they bought stock in a company, and then pass the legislation. I don't know what they do. I just know that if, as a financial advisor, if I ever did what they have done in the House of Representatives and in the U.S. Senate, I would be in jail, guaranteed. So, in fact, I remember when I was a financial advisor, I would say those kinds of things. I could not get away with what they're doing that is prison. And they actually had a freshman representative a few years ago who uh, was in D.C. I honestly don't remember who it is and um, said, this is not right and this needs to stop. And they stopped doing insider trading from the uh, congressional side and it was long overdue. For, for that. So um, so yes, yeah, so Gina, I am 100% behind President Trump. For those people who don't like his tweets, and I've said this before, he knows what he's doing when he's tweeting. He has an agenda. He has a plan of action. He has military strategists surrounding him, giving him intelligence that is not coming from the corrupt FBI, that is not coming from the corrupt CIA, is not coming from the compromised NSA. It's coming from military intelligence. And they are giving him information that is on the money. And President Trump is tweeting because the mainstream media are like dogs running after a raw steak (laughs) on a pole. And they're running after that raw steak. And President Trump is sitting at his desk working
1: good analogy term limits what do you think
0: term limits it's interesting the article confederation for the representatives that was served one out of three years could not serve any more than one out of three years that was it and um but you can come back after three years i used to say we have term limits it's called vote them out and then I woke up and smelled the coffee and realized that because of media and name recognition for the incumbents, the reelection numbers are up over 90%. I have a pledge on my Facebook page, excuse me, on my website and in my brochures. It says that I will, that I am for term limits, and this is what I will do, and it's one of my top three bills. I will sponsor or co-sponsor a bill for term limits. And there are currently members in Congress who are ready for term limits, and I believe that we can get more in Congress. And when I say Congress, that is the House of Representatives and the Senate. And I believe 12 years maximum is plenty of time to be in Washington, D.C. 12 years is almost too long. Why the 12 years? It is two years, um, excuse me, two terms for the Senate because those are six year terms. So a person could serve two terms in the Senate and do zero in the House, six in the House of Representatives, do zero in the Senate, six in the House and do one term in the Senate, eight terms in the House of Representatives, and zero terms in the Senate. Because it would be over the 12 years. That is more than enough time. The two complaints are, Joe Ray, you'll lose good people. Well, there could be better people out there. Are you so full of yourself that you think that there could be somebody else that could do at least as good as or better job than you? I mean, that's kind of arrogant. That's not me. Because I'm good and I'm smart and I know that. But there's somebody else out there that's smarter than I am and has other ideas that might work better than mine. But in this race, I'm the one that's spitting the bill because I know that I'm the one that can and will defeat and displace DeFazio. So the term limits, we need them. DeFazio just started his 32nd year, 16 terms in Washington, D.C. There's no reason whatsoever for it to ever be a career because that's not what it was meant to be, and that's why they lose touch. Now, the second complaint that we get is the lobbyists. The lobbyists will run Washington, D.C., and this is my question for those people who believe that. Really, who's giving that power to the lobbyists? I want you to think about this. You're the elected official if you're elected. Are you abdicating your authority and giving it to some person who's hired to do a job, which is to get you to pass bills for them, that they don't care are constitutional or not? Is your reelection more important to you than making sure that you're doing the job that you were hired to do? If that's the case, then you are part of the swamp and you need to go away. You have, elected officials, the right to say no. Show me the Constitution where this is constitutional, then I can consider your bill but if it is not a job for Congress, then I have to respectfully say, no, take that back to your states. Oh, you got to go to all 50 states? Go for it. But it's not a constitutional, excuse me, constitutionally a job for members of Congress to do. And that's what we need is that kind of person who has the guts to say that. And that's me. I have a problem saying that because we have a job to do and the job description is written. And so for those people who say, oh, but the lobbyists are going to take over, they only have the power that the elected officials give them. Stop giving away your authority and your power. You're not hired by the people to be there forever and to be doing the bidding of these businesses who don't care about America in the long run.
1: And if I can jump in there when you're saying about people being out of touch, what was Pelosi's comment about the tax cuts?
0: Crumbs. The thousand dollar bonuses, crumbs. Really? Give me a thousand dollar bonus, it's not a crumb. I'm married to a carpet installation contractor. One of the stores that he's worked for, they gave us $200 at Christmas time. What a blessing. It helped us get Christmas gifts for our 14 grandkids. Crumbs, really? That is not crumbs. That's a good amount of money for businesses to do. So God bless President Trump for pushing through those tax cuts for corporations because they're bringing their money back to the United States and giving it to we, the people, who are out there. They're either paying off bills, which is good because when they pay off their bills, it gives them more cash flow to go out there and buy more things with cash, which creates jobs, which creates tax income for the government, which I won't go down that road today. But it's not a bad thing. So those $1,000 crumbs, Nancy, it's time for you to retire with your almost billions with you and hubby and please go away.
1: Exactly. And a perfect example of being out of touch because, like you say, is that to them, yeah, it's just crumbs, so why should I worry about it? But like you, you've been and are down where the rest of us are.
0: That's it. Main Street American.
1: Yes. Yeah. You understand?
0: I I understand so so well. Um, what people go through and um, Not everybody's life is roses a lot of people that get just the form and um, We need to have less government from the federal level in their way Interrupting their lives We need to get the federal government out of our state as much as we possibly can They've overstepped their boundaries big time.
1: Including the EPA. Pardon? Including the EPA.
0: Including the EPA. And I know there's environmentalists out there, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Look at all these regulations that have been been removed. Oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. Well, here's the reality of it. I really don't know of any business owner in the United States who will wantonly pollute and wantonly cause destruction to things. That's not, they want to make money, but they want to do it efficiently. And they're going to look for ways to not, not be killing the environment. Here's, a, here's one of the things that the EPA did and how they've overstepped their boundaries. There's a farmer, a hazelnut farmer, just up the road and the Santiam River, which is an intrastate river not interstate river for those of you that are not familiar with the saniam river it was eroding into his farmland and it had eroded 800 feet in length into his farmland and was going stepwise now into his fields where he has his crops so he went to the oregon corps of engineers and said and the oregon department of um, environmental quality and said what do i do I need to stop this erosion. Do I need a permit? When they told him what to do, they said, you don't need a permit for this. You need to put in this type of rock. You need to do this riprap. This is what you need to do. He did exactly what he was told to do. How the EPA found out about this, I don't know. But they started slapping him, Robin, with a $30,000 a day fine. Oh, my God. Until he ripped it out. Well, he didn't rip it out. And I saw him at a meeting last year, and he said, I have no idea what the bill is. He said, You know, what? how much that's added up to. It. I said, Bill, I do, because I did the math. I said, It's over $90 million. You've got that in your bank account, don't you? But first, I said, Please don't have a heart attack when I tell you. Because he honestly, he didn't know. He knew it was a big number. They had zero, zero jurisdiction whatsoever. None, nada, nothing. And it's actually up to our governor to kick them out and say, no, you have no jurisdiction here. Please. The governor does not have to allow these agencies here. The federal government being on our land, federal rangeland, I look at my constitution, I don't see anything about them having federal rangelands when it's in a state. Territories, yes. What are territories? Guam? U.S. Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, those are territories. So if the federal government has the U.S. Forest Service and the EPA and um, any other agency, Department of Interior, Department of Agriculture, there, that's perfectly legitimate. But it is not legitimate when it comes to land that is within the boundaries of a U.S. state.
1: Joey, so we're coming up on the top of the hour. We, can we are. Or we can go ahead and wrap it up and uh, tell everybody where you're going to be and how to get hold of you.
0: Okay, I think I am ready to wrap it up. Um, where am I going to be? Great question, and I have the answer for that. Tomorrow and Sunday, I'm going to be in Albany at the West Nodell Albany Gun and Nice Show at the lynn county fair expo center all federal state and local firearm ordinances and laws will be obeyed i'm going to be there serving two roles Roll point. some words are hard to say <laughs> the first one is the counterattack for ip43 so that's the first thing that i'm there for and i'm going to be asking people to register for updates So I'm gonna have my laptop with you, with me. You're welcome, Gina. I'm gonna have my laptop with me and I will be putting people into a spreadsheet. We've got their email addresses. So as soon as I get the updates of what is going on, they're gonna get those updates as well. And then of course, because I am running for the US House of Representatives on the Republican ticket to be the nominee for the fourth congressional district, I will have my campaign literature with me and we'll be talking to voters. And so that show starts at 9 o'clock tomorrow. It goes till 5 p.m. And on Sunday from 9 to 3 p.m. There is an admission fee of $7 per person. Children 12 and under are free with an adult and there is no cost to park there. So um, that is what is going on this weekend. Tonight is the Upstairs Downtown Wine Walk in Albany. And so I think George and I, my husband, are going to head downtown here in just a few minutes and enjoy the upstairs downtown tour. And if you've never been to Albany and enjoyed the upstairs downtown tour, it is a lot of fun. There is a small fee for that. I'm looking to see what it is upstairs. Downtown, Albany, Oregon, May 4, 2018, Wine Walk. Okay, 4 to 8 p.m., and it is a fundraiser for the Rotary Club of Albany, and let's see, this is interesting, this is the one from 2017, but it's, it's the same. So, advanced, uh, so tickets um, advanced were $15 at the Albany Visitors Association office. I think that they actually set up next to the carousel in Albany. So, um, and with that $15, you get wine tasting, so of course you have to be 21 years of age, and you can buy additional tickets. And then you can see just the, um, just the upstairs lofts that have been converted, and I think that's $10. So I'm pretty sure that that's, that's how much that is. I read it yesterday. That was yesterday, and I'm looking for all the details, but it's on Facebook under Albany Wine Walk, Albany Downtown Wine Walk, so you can see that. And so if you're near Albany, please come on down. There's a lot of people downtown. It's a lot of fun, so we're going to head down there and uh, that way I get to just kind of talk to people I haven't seen for a while, do some uh, soft campaigning, as they say. And the last thing I want to end on, Ms. Robin, Yes. yesterday was the National Day of Prayer. And I was blessed to uh, be able to be at the Lynn County Courthouse and pray with several citizens from around the area for our country. And one of the reasons that I am running for Congress for the 4th Congressional District as U.S. Representative is because what we have, the freedom that we have in this country is so amazing. We have freedoms that other people don't have and can only dream about. There are still Christians persecuted around this world. There are Christians that are in underground churches. And this country was on its way to becoming one of those countries. We all saw it coming, and you guys know it was there. Because when we started mentioning God, we said Merry Christmas, oh my gosh, can't say that. Don't want to say that, you might offend somebody. And to be able to publicly be praying with thousands and thousands of Americans from around the country on the same day, there's no greater honor. And as you know, Robin, and many of my friends know, And at the end of February, I was blessed with the opportunity to be in Washington D.C. at a prayer conference called "The Turnaround and Appeal to Heaven," and we had 1,300 people. Almost everybody from the United States. There were a few Canadians there, and people from there were some people from Ireland that were there. They were there to dance, which was amazing. I think it was Ireland. Maybe it was Scotland. But we prayed for our nation. We prayed for a turnaround in our nation. And again, it was amazing to do that. And after we were done on Saturday morning, this started Thursday evening, so Thursday all day Friday and then Saturday morning, and we broke up early on Saturday morning, mid-morning, and we went out into the Capitol buildings in the Capitol Mall in Washington, D.C. We stood on the court steps of the Supreme Court and prayed for our nation, for the justice system we prayed for our representatives, we prayed for our senators to get back to what this country was founded upon. And that's my heart and I want to take what I can as a small part of what I can do to be that voice for the faith based community and even for those people who who aren't believers. Who don't even even for the atheists because I want them to also be able to have that same freedom to worship or not worship, they should have the same freedom. And it's in our constitution the freedom of, not the freedom from, religion, so they can freely worship. We've got people they worship the earth. I would prefer I prefer to worship the Creator instead of creation. But we all have free will, and I honor people's right to be able to to have that freedom too. But if we don't have people of solid conviction and principle in Washington, D.C., and to help our president make sure that we do not lose our sovereignty and lose our constitution for our republic, we're going to become a, govern- a, a, a country that is governed by tyranny, and we cannot allow that to happen. So that's Joe Ray Perkins. You can find out information, you can go to my website, perkins 4 com, perkins That'll link you over to the website, and you can see uh, snippets of information on the various issues. They're very short, very succinct. You will get the gist of them. And I make this promise to you. When I'm in Washington, D.C., my staff and I are going to read every um. bill before I vote on it. Guaranteed. And we're going to scrub those bills, the bills must number one be constitutional. That's the first thing and it has to be clearly constitutional, not stretching to make it look like it's constitutional. Number two, the bill with the exception of a budget bill must be single issue bills. No more of this gut and stuff, which is what they do at the state level, um, they do that at the federal level it, this is what the bill is about. Here's an example. Defunding Planned Parenthood. This bill is to defund Planned Parenthood. That's a constitutional issue because it's unconstitutional to give money to Planned Parenthood. So I could vote in favor of that. Not a problem. Now if they said we're going to defund Planned Parenthood and give money to this state to build a bridge, that's a no vote because that's two different issues, not the same issue. And so, single issue bills. And finally, the bills must be both socially and fiscally conservative. No more wasting the taxpayers' money. We've worked hard for our money. We should not have to be begging for the government to be frugal with our money. And I'm frugal with other people's money. I think it's important to have somebody who understands how. Um, every dollar for some people makes a difference, a huge difference. So that is my promise, and we will keep to that promise. And if, as we read through the bill, we see any place where those bills, that bill violates my three-part litmus test, I have to vote no. If we can't get it fixed, I have to vote no on it. There's going to be a lot of no votes coming from Joe Ray Perkins, but the way that our government was set up, it was to be slow and deliberate, not rapid fire. I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate everybody and thank you everybody that has voted for me. Please get this information out. Let them see where I'm coming from. And for those that that have it within them and they can afford to, it does take money to run a campaign. I would love to do it all for free. The reality is I can't do it for free, Robin. Right. You know, I, I just, I can't. And, and I'm not a wealthy woman by any stretch of my imagination and for most Americans, we're not wealthy. We are Main Street Americans. You can go to the website, perkins $5, $2,500, whatever you can give is is so appreciated. Every sign that we've put out costs us um, for all the yard signs. Each one of those is $3.45. That's not that much. And there's the gap to get them out there. And all the brochures that we've done, the radio advertising, the newspaper ads, it it adds up. Um, My promise, my promise is that I will run my campaign and the team that is coming on board, they know this. That this campaign is not going to waste money. And I get frustrated when we have to spend money where I don't want to. But we are going to be very, very frugal because we understand that um, there are some people who give sacrifices. And I'll tell you, I got, I got $10 from a gentleman, a retired veteran. He can't even vote for me. And, Robin, the next time we do this, in fact, I'll post the letter on, on my Facebook page. Um, I think I put it away. Hold on. I want to read this. I'm not going to go. You know me. I can keep on talking and go, oh, yeah, I'm like a preacher. My final close, close number five
1: <laughs> <laughs> let me say while you're while you're looking for that letter that uh, uh, you will be on the program a couple more times before the the election and uh, the advantage of internet radio is you get an opportunity to talk directly to Joe Ray without uh, being filtered by a radio station a, a terrestrial radio stations and the fifteen minute sound bites at uh, commercial interruption so if you have any questions that you'd like to have a Nice discussion with Joe Ray. Um, you can again uh, during the live program call us six four six seven two one nine eight eight seven. Send your questions to Joe Ray on her website and on Facebook. You can email us talk at radio dot net and we'll forward that information on to Joe Ray. And Joe Ray, it looks like you almost got it there.
0: I am close to. I'm, I'm in. I'm in the right. Um, I'm in the right area. I know that.
1: Okay, I'll also mention but, the right area. <laughs> yeah, we're also simulcasting on the KRBN Facebook page as well, in addition to Joe Ray.
0: Hello, K R B N people. I'm sorry, Robin. That's, That's a challenge with me not being in studio with Robin. I can't see that she's still talking. There's a there's a couple second delay. That's All righty. Control. Huh?
1: But I can see you, but there's a thirty second delay what what I can see you. So
0: Oh, that's really crazy. <laughs> uh, here we go. Found it. Okay. 328 2018 To Joe Ray, I'd love to see you in office. You're going to have to... Oh, he wanted me to do self-address envelopes on my mail app. See, there's, that's another cost to do the self-address envelopes um, to get donations. Because um, he... receives his... Yeah. So he, his was, um, a, must have been an email that, that we did because I, I actually had self-addressed envelopes, but of course, email. Um, my wife has Alzheimer's and I'm her caregiver. And the expense for the help I get does not leave me enough to help you now, help you. Now that I can't work, I'm 75 on fixed income, but wish you the very best. And he sent me $10, and that was just huge. Yeah. I mean, and he's a retired lieutenant colonel. And he also has a PhD. And they're living on a fixed income. And he's taking care of his wife with Alzheimer's. And he can't even vote for me. He doesn't live around here. He lives in Oregon. But he doesn't live in the 4th congressional district. And so, I, that, and, and that $10 was a huge, huge sacrifice for him. And I knew it. And <clears throat> He got a personal, everybody gets a thank you card from from me. Um, he got the personalized, super personalized one because it touched me so much. And so um, that gentleman's letter, as you guys can see, touched me so much because, again, I get it. I know what it's like to go, wow, but I want to help this person. So even if it's a dollar, I'm going to put it to good, good use. I guarantee it. Um, But I am convinced that we can win an election without having to spend millions of dollars to beat the incumbent, because he's part of the problem. Robin, it is time for me to go out for a walk with my husband. All right. You guys have until May 15th to get your ballots in. You do not have to vote early. Do not get pressured into who to vote for, except for me, of course. But I say that with Jeff on the pressure side. But a lot of people are asking, Joe, who are you voting for this and that? I actually have not come to a decision on some of the candidates. I'm still, I'm still praying about it. I'm still weighing it out. And I, I take voting very seriously, as most people have figured out. And so um, I simply ask that you vote for the candidates, whoever they are, for whatever position that most align with your core values. Because when we start getting behind the people that meet our core values, the people that we really want to see win are going to start winning. So this is Joe Ray Perkins your future Congresswoman.
1: Absolutely. Thank Thank you very much, Joe Ray. And at the very least, uh, be sure to to like and follow Joe Ray's pages and KRBN's Internet Radio, too. We'd, We'd appreciate that. And, Joe Ray, we'll talk to you again soon. Very soon. Have a great evening. All right. Good night, everybody.